ladies and gentlemen, to the eighth episode of The Hustle Sanctuary. And today's guest is the lovely Sarah DeMarco. Hello. Hello. Thank, <laughs> Thank you for you. having me. Thank you very much for making it. I know you have a very busy schedule and you're on a lot of planes, I feel like. When I think of you, I think of planes for some reason. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the road all the time. Yeah. yeah. They must like, uh, airlines must love you. Just to introduce the guest, you know, Sarah's had a number of years um, working successfully in the music business, done some cool things there, and then she started a high-end bag, women's bag company about a year ago called LDR, and I'll let her actually, she'll probably be able to do this better than me, so. Yeah, so about two and a half years ago, my business partner and I realized we were on the road so much um, that we didn't have any of the accessories that we wanted to carry our laptop and our other tech items from place to place. So we decided that it was time to try and make our own computer bag. And about a year and a half ago, I decided to go full time with Nicole to try and actually make this thing happen. So we went to New York from LA. We got all of our manufacturing and sourcing figured out and then went into production in the fall. And you jumped, that's very impressive. You guys jumped like right in, I can't remember like, because we probably worked about a thousand hours on our idea and our prototype before any of us left our jobs. So when we left, we had a good foundation and we had a great vision together. So we knew where we were going, which was helpful. We didn't just have like a very loose idea and quit our jobs because the job in the beginning was actually very helpful to support it. Balance you to keep going. Yeah. Do, what do you to think? Fund the, it. What do you think the roadblock is to a lot of people? Um, who want to start something like what you started, but they like wait for their ducks to get in a row and sometimes they never get there. The ducks what do you never think? get in a row, even when you are completely only focused on your idea. So I think people are more scared of failing and they don't know where to start because there's many different areas of how do you approach an idea that's never existed before because there's no roadmap to follow. Exactly. So you just have to pick a piece and start. And it might be the wrong piece, but once you figure that out, then you adjust. But not doing anything is probably the worst thing. Because it never do. gets done. Yeah, you never start. Let's get a little backstory, if that's cool. So where are you from? Cleveland, Ohio. Congratulations on the Cavs. I know, finally. Right. It was the hardest thing to watch because the last 10 seconds when LeBron looked like he got injured, that was a very Cleveland move and like, a normal way we would lose the game, <laughs> the main person actually going down. So we were yeah, very you guys, excited. You guys are cursed like the Red Sox, or were. Not anymore. Not but anymore. You were. Not anymore. <laughs> That's it was amazing. Really I wanted to go to the parade so badly. You and I asked, I asked my dad, I'm like, I'll drive in from New York, we'll go. And he said, there's no way with all those people. Did your dad go? No. He, oh. he, he opted out, so then I decided I want to go by myself. But it looked <sighs> so much fun. That's amazing. Um, the, the real question in this, though, is when he left, were you like the jersey burning, you know, no, group or? I just thought that it was a very young thing to do. Don't, you don't break up with people in public like that. <laughs> and I felt it's okay to leave and want to grow, but don't go on national TV to break up with someone that was very dear to you for a very long time and have everyone watch you get humiliated. So it's funny because your slogan is your slogan is break up with your baggage. We get <laughs> so like, don't break up with your city. Um, that's really great. So okay, so um, you're from Ohio and I know that you have background in music, right? You were mm -hmm. I played upright bass for a really long time. Even in middle school and high school, I would go downtown Cleveland and play in bars and and that's you would how actually I supported myself. 
It's really impressive. You would actually take your base like through the snow, right? Walk it like a mile I through the snow. To school. People need back. to know that. Like, open know. up about I had, that. I had a wheel, and it was very tricky because in Boston there's cobblestone and it ices over. Yeah. And you're trying to roll something. Yeah. That's a huge piece of wood. It got challenging. So none of this like but my. But it kept me in shape. Yeah. Yeah, like, none of this, like, my foot hurts, kids, so I can't go to school. Like, you know, look at what Sarah did. It was rain or time. I know. I'm going to be, instead of, like, carrying buckets of water to my house, I'm going to be the girl that, like, rolled my base mile back to school. I feel like your kids are never going to get a day off of school because it's like... No, do you know what I had to do? So that's that's awesome. Okay, so then, you know, um, a lot of people, like, entrepreneurs and artists that have been on the show, there's that moment, right? where parents want the safe, secure path, right, for their kids. And I just think it's really interesting how that sort of whole conversation takes place. So how did that take place for you when you well, I think for wanted me, to do something? It was great because my parents were both music teachers. So they supported the arts. But I think for them, it wasn't monetary goals that made them happy. It was creative passion. No lawyer doctor with them. Well, my dad Man. did go to law school when we were little, but he didn't end up practicing because he missed music. So he went back to teaching right oh, afterwards. But now, now actually he's retired. He does it a little bit. But um, they were supportive. And I think my parents wanted us to be happy, but they wanted us to learn how to make ourselves happy. Mm. So they provided things that we needed. But if we wanted extra, then like we knew we had to work for it. Nice. So... They knew we were going to fail at times, but they wanted you to fail. They didn't kind of, want or me. Not, they gave me the that tools. sounds awful, but <laughs> they gave me the tools that if I fail, I could adjust and keep going. Right. And sometimes I feel like parents protect their kids so much now they don't get to experience how to fix problems. That term is becoming very popular: the helicopter parent. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And I didn't have those. I had very yeah. supportive parents and they let me make my own decisions. That's and awesome. I think they knew I would learn by experiencing. So they never put me in danger, but there were a lot of things that my mom said, if you can't tell me what you're doing, you probably shouldn't be doing it. So I just kind of lived by that. I went to school in Boston. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I ended up getting a job in Pittsburgh at a jazz venue, which originally was the genre I thought I was going to work in forever. Mm -hmm. And I was at a nonprofit. Um, but I didn't love the culture as much as I had hoped. I think they wanted to advance into new technologies and social media, and at the time they just weren't ready. And I just needed to be at a young company, and so I knew working in jazz now, at this point in my career, wasn't the best idea. So um, I started working in music venues, and that's where I found Rostrum Records. Mm -hmm. And then I went over there, and that was great because I saw the label side and the management side. And, and you talk about the way like life unfolds, right? And you had a really interesting idea you shared with me about it just like the next vine will find you type of thing, right? Yeah. And so you you had a hairdresser or a friend of a hairdresser? Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, yeah. So my business partner, she got her hair dyed. <laughs> awful like bright white and she came into my salon crying and I fixed her hair I got an appointment for her to fix her hair and then she wanted me to work with her at this restaurant okay and I was in college we both were working a couple jobs and she ended up working at a sports agency and I went into music we were both managing talent and we always met in cities we were just always on a plane hmm that was that was how you got the job at Rostrum though? Wasn't there no, a person? No, she's no. the one. That's how I started the bag. No, that's how you started the bag. But let's mm -hmm. let's backtrack and because you said Rostrum, Rostrum right? Was and a so neighbor. you 
It was Jeff. Yeah. Am I right? Mm-hmm. I don't know how I remembered that, don't but I did. Very <laughs> okay. impressive. Okay. Um, yes, my neighbor's name was Jeff Benji. My boss moved into a studio to work. Next to Jeff? No, it was okay. Jeff's old office. Jeff moved out, Benji moved in. But Jeff had had it forever. I used to hang out in that office. Okay. Yep, school. Benji started Rostrum, and then he... Been that, okay, so now let's pick and it up. And so my neighbor called me late at night and said, I have this guy who's looking... For help. For someone to help him. Yeah. But he's in music, and he has a label, and he's an agent. I was like, okay, I'll just talk to him, because I have no idea how one person can do all those things. Wait, wait, wait. And, and prior to this, you were working for a jazz festival. I was. I did that, one? and I was working um, for a promoter. Okay. Booking shows and stuff. Yeah. Right, which you also have some good stories about as well. I've had some interesting <laughs> Okay. for sure. We'll, we'll, we'll backtrack to that later. But, okay, so he introduced you to Benji. Yeah, and... I just met him and the office was literally empty with like just a desk and a candle. Yeah. And he's basically said, I don't know exactly what I need or what this position is, but I know I need help. And I just really liked his vibe. And so I said, okay. And that was it. I knew there was something right about. You just, there was a vibe. You just trusted it. And so I just didn't care. What? I just went for it. Impressive. And then I just let it take me wherever it needed to go. And it got me all the way to LA, which was great. So now you meet Benji, you're about to start working at Rostrum, Mm -hmm. and, you know, things were shaky a little bit at the beginning, right? Well, I mean, you're such a new company. Yeah, you have to get off the ground. And there were so many great things that were going on. We had just signed um, Mac, and we had Wiz. Yeah. And they both had really great momentum, so it was perfect timing for the The momentum was kind of in place, you're saying, when Rostrum started. Mm-hmm. Okay, locally, locally at least, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Now things are in full swing, basically at Rostrum. The momentum is picking up, right? And then let's walk through that. Like, was there, you know, then you guys moved to LA. Piece this together for us. So yeah, so we moved to LA because a lot of our artists were out here, and it was just time to grow the company. Right. And we've been traveling to New York and LA a lot mm-hmm. for work, and we finally, I think, settled on LA was the better place for us to grow. So I was one of the first ones out here. And it made my job really a lot easier in some ways because I had a lot of video and photo talent that I could work with out here, which was fun. Yeah. Um, so making content in LA was great. What do you find, like, because um, you've been in music for a while, like, what do you find most frustrating about the music business? Um... Where do you even start? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's tricky because it's always evolving. There's new jobs, different sounds. And I think it gets, it gets difficult when there's always someone who's, I guess it sounds bad coming from someone that's older, but it's very tricky because you have young kids who are willing to work 18 hours a day Mm -hmm. for pennies or an internship. And sometimes those either replace the higher level jobs or it just makes it so, um, I don't know. Having experience isn't always valued. They just would rather have someone who can actually do a couple little tricks and keep them. It's hard to get to the next level and the next level and the next level sometimes. What's the most enjoyable part of, of working in music? I think the people, sometimes if you find a really good group to work with, um, and the artists, I think having good co-workers is really, mm. really helpful. 
Mm. Um, that you can brainstorm, bounce ideas, share music. I think music's a language, and there's a culture that comes with it that you have to embrace. It's true. That's true. Um, okay, so, you know, you're on this. I feel like you've always sort of had the Midas touch in your life, though. It's interesting. Because, <laughs> like, the timing of you getting there was actually pretty good, right, at Rostrum. It was like, boom, and go, you know. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and and before that, you know, you could cite some other examples with the internship and things like that, right? Yeah, I've so, always, even when there are things are very scary, they seem to always connect and, and work out. Yeah, so being that, like, I think the theme of the show is talking about, like, the transitions along the path. Mm-hmm. You've always kind of gracefully handled the transitions, I feel like. Yeah. But was there any, you know, speaking candidly, like, was there some fear too, like, at times? And oh, for sure. How did you, like, work with that fear and, and what kind of fear? still fear. I think it's just every day saying, all I can do is, like, control what I'm doing right now. Right. And when you're an entrepreneur, things are changing so quickly that if you think about what's going to happen next month, you're almost wasting energy because there's no way you even know what's going to happen tomorrow. You're saying it's unpre- it's so unpredictable that it's, it's so a waste of energy to... Look too far even ahead. Do it. Right. Okay. So I've just learned, like, I have all my fingers and toes. I'm fine right now. What can I do until I go to bed tonight to make a difference and move the ball forward? That simple. Yeah. Because if you think any further, you just but freak out and you'll get paralyzed <laughs> by the fear because it's like, where do you start? But there's and let's say ifs. yeah so but then if that if that, that if that okay so playing like devil's advocate like so then you have this outlook right and then let's say three or four weeks from now things are even scarier it's possible like you know mm-hmm. then you just what do you do you just sort of let yourself feel that deal with it as it comes you can only deal with things as they come yeah and if yeah, it's and a big just, problem it's probably not going to kill you so right. you might as well just <laughs> Stay here calmly and figure it out. Okay. I like that. Now that we're like fully in swing, obviously, with social media and Snapchat and everything like Instagram, I feel like it's uh, a lot of the times like it's the highlight reel. You don't really know what's happening behind the scenes and like the ups and downs and stuff like that. It's very, very true. You don't right? show those sides. Nobody shows those cards. No, but it's, <laughs> it's important to realize, I think, because when you're starting your own company, you're yeah. very isolated. Yeah, you could feel like you're the only one going through it. And there are other people, people but it's finding those people. Yeah. Because you're giving so much to your company, you forget sometimes to socialize and to get out. And sometimes you need that separation to get perspective. Yeah. But that's what makes it harder, is that you're just fighting demons every day alone. Totally. Totally. And you, yeah, what does it say? Like, you, right now you're doing the the home office thing, right? So there's some time. Yeah. Yeah. There's Um, some time alone. And that's good. It's like, when you have an office, I wish I did. (laughs) It's always the grass is always greener, right? Yeah. yeah. And I don't mind, but do you get antsy sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and so... I guess let's go. All right. So, so obviously Rostrum was successful, broke some artists. Now you're in LA. And then, you know, that moment in your mind where you're like, I need to go, you know, I need to go do LDR was when you noticed this sort of gap, right. In, in the construct of like, man, there's, there's this bag that I, would make my life better and it yeah. doesn't exist. Right. So you have that moment yeah. and, and, and how long from that literal moment to, the creation of of LDR and like jumping ship, let's say, I think uh, we, of, of Rostrum. We talked about it. 
and then we started actually doing things maybe in the next four to six months we found the right people and okay. the right general vision and got that yep. together um, and then we spent about a year actually meeting and finding materials and it's kind of funny how much time we spent on that looking back now because now that we know how to do it what took us months could have could have actually happened right days. right but so looking back on that how would you have done it differently I don't you think know. we could have done it differently because really? you have to learn all those things. The only way to do it differently was to get different people. Brought somebody in who had more expertise, but, but then there was still, no money to hire them? It or was what? still such a niche idea to find another person passionate about it. Mm. It's like you have to find the right person to work on it. True, true. And who's down for the cause. True, it's very true. Um, yeah, good synergy within a new th- company or whatever. It's it's like invaluable well, especially because you're always together yeah but it can make the difference between you know like great idea bad synergy you know that'll or sink it you if know you have or two visionaries and there's no executor that can happen fighting. too yeah everyone has to have a good solid role it's almost like breaking an artist like it's starting company tricky. right yeah yeah you need a lot of stars to align a ton <laughs> a lot um talk to us about the difference between like the like la feel and versus like or the LA vibe versus the New York vibe very different LA I feel like people enjoy LA a little bit more mm. it's just the pace is better the weather's really nice New York is a very I just, different hustle. I just read something yesterday about New York that like made me so happy to never have lived there which is they said that there was a dude who got like hit by a car and I mean I think you'll agree with me that this is indicative of New York a dude got hit by a car flew like 20, 30 feet, people tried to help him, but it was blocking traffic and cars were honking like at a dude bleeding with like broken limbs, like get out of the way. That's so crazy. What do you dislike about New York to be clear? Like if, cause it's like, there's things that you it's dislike about. It's very loud and very bright all the time. Very loud and very bright. Okay. Loud and bright. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting way to put it. And it never stops. It never stops. Right. Which makes it exciting, but sometimes you just want to be in a place where you're not constantly stimulated. More peaceful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here, LA, your likes and dislikes? I, uh, the only thing I don't like about LA is the time zone difference. Like, my whole family's on the East Coast, mm-hmm. so being on the West Coast is very tricky. I mean, it's more dog friendly out here. I know you have a dog, <laughs> right? It's so, so, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we're big dog people. Um, so, didn't your dog tear up a hotel room one time? Yeah, she parted like a star <laughs> on a on a work trip. On your dime. Yeah. <laughs> and you had to pay a lot of money to get that fixed. Oh my god. Yeah, don't let that stop you from adopting pets, people. It's still a cool thing, right? Oh yeah, I love yeah. my dog. Awesome. As long as the people. I know was that. just driving by a spot. Right. That's where you dog. got your dog. Yeah. And I was like, oh, her old home. <laughs> They're little people. It's pretty cool. Um, so yeah. So now, uh, sort of a staple question of the show is: talk to us about your one of your biggest blessings in disguise. Hmm. Um. Well, with, this was interesting. When we got our bags back, um, our inventory. When it was shipped to us, a third of it got destroyed. You told me about and this. That was you spend months like designing and then waiting for production, and then you get so excited to get the boxes, and then mm. one of the cartons on the boat smashed. 
and they were just bags. destroyed. Yeah. Do you have insurance in that case? What happened? Yeah, we got really lucky and we were able to get reimbursed, but it was very sad because like mm. we didn't have the product. But yeah. we learned so much from that situation. Um, and it worked out that like the bad colors that did get destroyed weren't like the best sellers. So it, it, there's so many more things that could have been worse. We could have had orders out to certain stores and not be able to fulfill them at holiday times. So, like luckily, Nothing major happened, but it taught us a lot about how to pack things and like what questions to ask. They say you learn like way more during times of failure than success. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Because when everything's going perfectly fine, you don't always notice or appreciate it. Right. What's been your biggest highlight in 2016 so far? Hmm. Well, we just released this charging tassel, the tassel keychain with the phone charger in it. Mm-hmm. And people really like it. And I think that's a good feeling. And so now we're figuring out how scalable is it or where else we can take that business, but. Do you have your eyes on Shark Tank? (laughs) (laughs) We have always, people ask about that all the time. We are always thinking about it. I don't know if we're gonna do that, but um, it's been been good to see people react and get excited about a product. Was the tassel sort of a happy accident almost? You didn't expect it to connect. It was just, we kept getting feedback that we needed to expand our line. So I wanted to have um, a price difference between products and something more affordable, more right? Yeah. Yeah, and just something completely different than a bag, more of an accessory. Well, I mean, how much does the bag cost? It's higher. Three forty. Oh, it's three forty. Yep, and then the tassel is fifty-eight. Yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah, and so you can buy that separately. Is it considered a high price point for a bag at three forty, or is that mid? It's mid. I mean, it's a hundred percent leather bag. I'm not a girl, so I'm just assuming so here. It's made very, very well. Yeah. But what does the market want to pay for a computer bag? It may not be that high. It might be right it's niche. around there. But it's very Bottom niche. line, right? Yeah. yeah. But you, I mean, the thought was we're going to take niche and make it bigger. Right. Right. So, and it, we learned so much. I just think we have a lot of business skills that we really love to utilize on a daily basis. But these are business skills. Are these business skills, again, that weren't there when like you were at Rostrum? Like you feel like you've elevated your skills a lot? I gained a lot of my skills being at Rostrum. And then when I left, I was able to kind of nurture that and continue to grow it and also learn completely different new new skills every day. What's, What's a crazy artist story whether you're booking for them or you're managing them like do you have anything you don't have to say the artist but you could say like is there a crazy story out there i had two artists <laughs> get in a knife fight before they went on the show and that was Wait, very tricky what <laughs> oh my god i took them to the hospital it was a sold out venue of 650 people that that's obviously tell me that's your wildest story it doesn't get wilder than that right so, but he, okay like, the lead guitarist got injured it, were it, they in the same band? Yeah. And Man, this makes me feel good about not being in music management right now. It was <laughs> And they had to get stitches, but they had to go to the hospital to get stitches, and I wasn't family, so like once they went back to see the doctor, nobody could inform me on what was going on. Oh my so I didn't know if I needed to call God. the show. I had all these there was enough. Waiting. Was it like during sound check? Was there enough time to get them back to perform? They just like, made it. They actually like got called, patched up almost, and we almost called the show. They he, got patched he was up very, and they very sick and he was on a lot of medicine. But made it through. How, how I have no idea. Oh, and then I did a you, year show where there was no music at midnight. 
Wait, wait, wait. You did a you did a Wu Tang show. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's Wu Tang. Now it's just like hard to rope those guys in, right? And, they, and get they on did stage. Yeah. And I was understaffed, and I had again. This was all you. Yes, and everyone, my, the sound guy, the person behind the stage, the box house, every person was just helping out because it was New Year's. And everybody was obviously, you know, pretty lit up probably, like, you know, drinking and whatnot, you know. It was very... And yeah, that's, that's, that's intimidating, man. It was very stressful. Very, I tipped my hat. That was good. In the end, you got them on stage, right? Got like, them on stage. Wow, that's so impressive. I had to get their bus, which we couldn't even get their bus out of the hotel parking lot. Then we, once they decided they wanted to actually come to perform, I had somebody come to visit the venue to drop something off and they parked mm -hmm. where the buses were supposed to park. So when the yeah. buses got there, I had some random car that was just- You had to get that out of the way in time. I just had to find that person. It was, it was just- like it's never ending. It was never ending. Jeez. So, so that was my last show that I ever worked oh, for yeah. a venue. But what was great is that the last song that Wu Tang did, they quoted Black and Yellow. Ah, the and Wiz song, just, yeah. Like that is my sign. There you and go. That, next week I took the job at Rostrum. That's incredible. I was like, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> I needed a big break from working shows. But I love the people of the shows. I love driving bus drivers to and from their hotel and talking to them and I always liked being a runner and getting backstage food because they give you like a shopping list and you have 45 minutes that you have to like get everything. It's like very quick. And you mean for the rider basically, yeah, right? Yeah, and they're yeah, always yeah. on the road so they don't, some people just don't care. So I was always excited to like shop for them and get them exactly what they asked. You wanted to, you wow, did you ever run into, I'm sure you like weren't able to fulfill some of the things oh gosh, on the, the rider, right? The first time right? I yeah. had to be a runner for a show was for, a Jewish rapper. Yeah. I can't remember his name. You you know. Kosha Dills? No. No. Okay. So I think there's oh, Modest Yahoo. Yes. So he was oh my, my first my first artist for my first day I had to to run. Oh, that's got to be a real interesting list. Yeah. It was all kosher, but there's <laughs> right. different koshers. Like there's different parv symbols. Yes. So he would only like go with a certain symbol, and it that had to be so like great. bottled water. It was. And I didn't even know what kosher was. It was very tricky. Here's the thing, though. What about, like, some sort of acknowledgement for the fact that you jumped through so many hoops and got it done? Like, I assume you got it done. I got it all done. That's incredible. Always. But if you can handle a knife fight, you can handle, like, some kosher, what finding the right thing? kosher stars. I had one coworker call me the snapping turtle because I'm very sweet, but, like, when stuff has to get done, like, I will get it done. Yeah. I try and work from a very sweet <laughs> side. Well, what's and, like, the, the honey, more the more, with honey. right, yeah. But when I get pushed, like I will Snap. be very assertive and, and make sure things keep moving. And shout out to the Orthodox Jews listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a favorite quote? Oh my gosh. Good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is better and your better is the best. That is amazing. That, you know, I learned that from a guy. I want to say his name was Mike on like the real world Miami or something in one of the first years. Basically a place you'd never expect to hear like an intellectual quote. Yeah. But yeah. That's I, awesome. I really like that one. Talk to us about your thoughts on ego. Um, what that means to you. I think there's between confidence and having an ego. And mm -hmm. I think... You're starting your own thing and to be very humble because mm -hmm. you don't know everything. 
and you really need to be open to other people's advice or opinions. Even if you're disagreeing with it, it's good to know there's that angle or perspective. But an ego, you agree, might stop you from like, you know, hearing that information, Yeah. right? You don't want to be overconfident. Right, but at the same time, you need to be confident. But you need to have that in check. Okay. And how do you think most people do with that? Do you think it's a challenge for most people I to think find a lot that balance? People aren't self-aware. Right. And I think when you get scared, some people are overconfident or charged to compensate in some way just to feel like there's some movement and yeah. could be in the wrong direction. Yeah. So you have to be very honest with yourself. It's very true. Well, thank you so much for Thanks making for it in to the Hustle Sanctuary today. And um Best of luck with the next um, move. Thank you. Okay, signing off.